This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 110. for joining me today on the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. If you haven't listened before, I would like to welcome you to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast, where we talk about all things veterinary medicine, leadership, mindset, life coaching, all the things to create a better, more balanced life for those of us that work in and around the veterinary profession. If that sounds like something that you're interested in, stay tuned. I would love to talk to you today and see if I can give you any tips on how to create a more successful life for yourself. I'm so passionate about the veterinary profession. I love all of you that work in and around it, and I understand the difficulties that we experience every day in our practices, and that's why I developed this podcast, so we could help each other learn some coaching techniques to get ourselves through some of the crazy stuff that goes on. This week, we are going to talk about leading a team It's been a while since we talked about leadership, so I had some cool experiences in the last few weeks with my team, and I thought I would bring you a podcast about how to have better team relationships and build a better, more productive team at your veterinary hospital. With as busy as things have been since we've been in curbside COVID mode, things get tense. And the hospitals, if yours is anything like mine, is so busy, you your head spins every day. And we want to be able to build an, a team that stays strong through the stressful times. So that's why I wanted to talk about this today. Before we get started, I would like to encourage you to go to my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com and sign up for my Wednesday weekly words. I send out an email every week with some words of encouragement for free. You can just sign up there with your email address. I'd love to hear from you. And if you have any suggestions for the podcast or you would like to be a guest and talk on the podcast or coach with me, you can get a hold of me there. My email address, if you prefer to send an email, is jacapeldvm at gmail.com. And as always, I would love to hear from any of you and help you with the things that are going on in your life. So let's get started talking about leading a team. The first most important thing about learning to be a leader, whether you're in a position of leadership at your hospital or not, is working on yourself. As you know, this podcast is all about that. I'm a firm believer that self-development is a lifelong journey, and anything that you want to get better at, you need to study and work on. That's why I developed this podcast, and that's why I continue to coach veterinarians to be better leaders and also just get better personally. Now, working on yourself means getting to know yourself getting to know your personality, getting to know your strengths and weaknesses, getting to know the way you handle conflict, getting to know things about yourself that aren't always that comfortable, being open and allowing people to give you feedback and also continuing to work and read books on leadership and talk to other people that you admire that are leaders. 
For years, I've been a member of a management group in my local community of veterinarians that own practices, and that group has been so valuable in teaching me things about myself and getting to know other veterinary leaders and learning from them. If you don't have a group like that in your area, definitely reach out to other people in the veterinary profession that you admire. Oftentimes, if you team up with other strong leaders, you will be able to gain information that you would never get anywhere else. You can learn so much just by watching someone else lead their team. So it's about getting to know yourself, and it's also about getting to know other leaders and emulating them and imitating them. Becoming a strong leader is all about understanding that you always have something to learn. You're never finished. You're always developing. And having a strong team and working with a strong team is all about relationships. You have to build strong relationships in order to develop trust and respect and consistency within an organization. So if you're the leader of an organization or you're an associate veterinarian or you work at the front desk, it doesn't really matter what you are, what role you play in the veterinary hospital, you can develop leadership skills and become a leader. So what does it really mean to have a relationship? Relationships are basically just wrapped around thoughts that we have about other people. If I have a great relationship with someone, it's because I think they're great and I think our relationship is great and I have wonderful thoughts about them. My friend, my best friend, I love unconditionally. And so in my mind, I have a great relationship with this person, whether we speak every day or not. We can go months without ever seeing each other and we still have this great relationship because of the way I think about her. And the reason that I know that relationships are all about thoughts is because we all have different relationships with different people. And it's because we think about them differently, not because they're different. We can work with the same person and one person in the organization loves them and another person hates them. It's just about the way they think about them. If they think they have value, if they think they're smart, if they think they're hardworking, all these thoughts create our relationships with each other. And so developing a strong team means developing stronger thoughts about your teammates and relationships with your teammates. And then also helping them to have better thoughts about you, right? If they can get to know you more, if they know that you're really working hard to make this a cohesive team, they will have better thoughts about you and therefore feel more connected. And when people feel more connected and have better relationships, they work harder for an organization. Leadership isn't about controlling other people. Have you tried it? It doesn't work, right? You cannot control other humans. You can ask them to do things. You can set boundaries. You can have rules and regulations. But the bottom line is adult people can do whatever they want to do. And you have no control over that. So one of the first things we need to realize when we are becoming leaders is that we are not going to be able to control people. We can control nothing other than our thoughts, our actions, and our behavior. 
So realizing that humans are going to do what humans do will help you address the things that happen around you in your practice and will help you conduct your own behavior to attract the kind of people that you want to have around you and create the vision that you want for your practice. While working on this podcast, I ran across this study by someone named J. Richard Hackman. He was a researcher in organizational behavior. He did a study for about 40 years where he found that the things that matter most to strong collaboration within teams is compelling direction, which means like a vision, a strong structure, and to me that means security and trust in your team, and a supportive context, which I'm all about. (laughs) Support is what we all need, right? It's something that's so important in our teams as we're working in this really difficult, really busy profession that we work in. How do you know if your team feels connected to you? How do you know if they feel like they have a good relationship to you as a leader? People feel connected and in good relationship when they feel free to speak up and give their opinion. So if you have a practice where people are afraid to say something to other people in the practice, whether it's the leader or just their peers, then that team doesn't have a strong connection. If the team members volunteer to go the extra mile or do projects for the hospital that are not required of them, they volunteer to help out, Um, they volunteer to clean, which is something that happened for me this past week. Two of my amazing animal assistants decided that they were going to completely gut our back room and our kennel area and clean it up and They rearranged shelves and moved furniture around and scrubbed everything down and they just made it beautiful and sparkling and reorganized. And they were really proud of the work that they did and they did such a great job. I was so appreciative of it. And that kind of behavior means that they feel connected to their job and connected to the other people that work there because they went above and beyond what they were required to do in order to make it a better workplace for all of us. So if any of you are listening, thanks so much. I love it. All of my animal assistants. But anyway, if people on your team are volunteering, that's a good sign that they feel connected. If the people that work around you understand your weaknesses that's a sign of connection. So if you're one of those people that admits when you make a mistake, that's a big quality of a strong leader. When you'll apologize to your team for things that you've done wrong, that's the sign of a strong leader. So if they know what you're strong with and what you're weak at, that's a really good sign. If your team stays and they've been with you a long time, that's a really good sign that they feel connected to the leader and to each other. Because leadership and team leadership is not all about the leader and the team, their relationships. It's also about fostering the relationships between the team members. And so as a leader, if you help foster strong relationships between your team members and you allow those relationships to grow, you will cement the loyalty of your team and they will be more likely to stay. 
for a longer period of time. So if you look at the roster at your veterinary hospital and people leave every year or every two years, that's not a good sign that people are feeling connected to your vision and your mission. If you have people that have been there for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, that's an amazing sign that you're creating something that makes people feel valued and honored and secure in their relationships with the leaders and the team around them. Now, that's not to say that people don't leave. People do leave really good, really strong practices. But in my mind, that's a good thing too, because if you can grow a person that works for you to the point where they've outgrown your organization and they can fly free and move on to bigger and better things, that means that you're a great leader because you're growing people and equipping them to go out in life and do bigger and better things. So I'm always very happy when someone that works for me gets an opportunity and goes somewhere else, not necessarily another hospital because they don't feel good about working at my hospital, but if they get an opportunity to do something bigger and better, or they are going to school and they've developed a new skill, and now they can step out and do bigger things, that is the sign that you're a great leader. So if people are just hanging around because they don't have the skills to move on, that may not necessarily be what you want. But if you can equip them to grow in their job and around their job, then they're more likely to stay. And if you're giving them opportunities to build their skills within the practice, then they're more likely to have longevity with your practice. Another way you can know if your team feels connected to your practice is look around and see if they have fun. Because I know as a leader, sometimes if everybody's laughing and joking and standing around, you know, the water cooler, quote unquote, having a good time, sometimes as a leader, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I got to get these people working because nothing's happening. You know, we need to get some work done. But really, truly, if your team is having fun, they are going to be more productive and they are going to feel more connected to each other. So I like to embrace the fun and also try to curate the fun, which means developing games that we can do together, either at meetings or during the day at work, and allowing people to joke around, allowing people to have a good time, talking to clients, playing with puppies, whatever it is to make that day a little bit less stressful. And so if you hear people laughing and playing with puppies and cuddling on puppies and taking photos of each other during the workday, that's a good sign that they feel connected to your practice and that they feel comfortable to be themselves. And when teams feel connected and in good relationship, it makes them more loyal. Let's talk about some ways that you can improve your work relationships if right now they feel poor. And this goes for any place that you are in the organization. If you're an associate veterinarian and you have poor leadership above you and you want you want the business to feel better for those that work around you and for yourselves, you can employ some of these techniques. You don't need to be in charge. The first thing you can do is share your vision. Be honest. Be direct. Tell the team what you want. Tell them how you want the practice to feel. 
I always say to my team, I want this practice to feel like a family. So when clients come in the door, they feel like they belong here. They belong with us and that we are going to do what's best for their pet in order to treat them as if they were our own. If you want efficiency, if you want camaraderie, share that vision with your team. Talk about it. Talk about it at team meetings. Ask your team, do you think we have a family atmosphere? And if not, why not? And what can we do to create a better atmosphere here at work? Sharing that vision allows the team to understand you better and what you want. And when they understand you, they're going to feel way more comfortable coming to you with suggestions and problems. So that goes to my second point. In order to improve work relationships, you have to be open to feedback. You have to be open to brainstorming and other people's ideas. And it's really difficult as a human to ask other people what's wrong with you. It's really hard to hear. I don't like to hear that I'm doing things wrong or that I did things wrong or that I'm a gossip or that I talk too much, which I I do know about myself. Whatever those things are that your team may give you as feedback, you have to be open to it because that's the only way to improve yourself. You've got to be aware, right, of the things that you're doing that are affecting your team adversely. So be a listener. Close your mouth (laughs) and open your ears. And I'm speaking to myself here because, as you know, I like to talk. And stay alert to what's going on around you. I'm not super perceptive like some of my team members are. So sometimes I'll be bulldozing around the hospital and I won't notice when someone's not right. But there are times when I notice that somebody's just not themselves. And if they are acting unlike themselves, then pay attention to that and talk to them. Ask them what's wrong. Ask them if there's something that you can do to help them. Being able to stay alert and trusting your intuition about the people that are working around you will allow you to create closer relationships with them. And leadership is all about relationships. Another thing that you can do is hold yourself to a higher standard every day. And what I mean by that is try to be better than the person that you were yesterday. Examine what happened yesterday and the ways that you showed up well and the ways that you didn't show up so well. And what can you do tomorrow to be better? Holding yourself to a high standard will rub off on your team. And the last way I want you to improve your work relationships, and this is going to sound weird, but the last thing is don't be too big for your britches. And what I mean by that is if you hold a place of leadership and you hold a place of power in a business, understand that you're just a small piece of the puzzle. You're just one person. You can only do so much. And there's no way this business could run without all the people on the team. And so each one needs to be honored as an important part of the puzzle. Honoring people is a very good way to get to know them and allow them to get to know you and improve that work relationship. Let's talk about some ideas that you can use to create and improve the communication and the relationships within your practice. The first thing that I think is so important is to ask people what they want. Get to know their strengths and their weaknesses. A team is all about the people being utilized to their best abilities. 
So if you have eight or 10 technicians, licensed veterinary technicians in your practice, they're all different, right? They all like certain things more than others. They all have talents in certain areas better than others. And so getting to know what they like, what they feel confident and competent at, and what they prefer in their job is so important to building a strong team. You don't have to have everybody doing the exact same job. I have a technician that's been with me a very long time, and she's super detailed and super good at radiology. She loves being in the back. She loves taking care of patients. She doesn't necessarily love talking to clients. And in order to keep her happy and understand her wants and needs, the rest of the team needs to know that about her. So in my veterinary hospital, when this particular technician is working and the other techs have a pet that needs radiographs, they'll always ask her if she wants to do them because she more than likely will say yes because she enjoys radiographs and she's good at it. So if we can utilize that as a team and allow the other technicians to do things that they enjoy more, then they are all going to be stronger and have better relationships with each other. We all have unique talents and gifts and weaknesses. So getting to know those about yourself and your team will create better communication and better relationships. And therefore, you will have better team leadership. Another thing that's super important is allowing people to have some decision-making power. I'm a pretty decisive person and I don't mind making decisions, But when I have a really busy practice going, and if I'm the only doctor working on a particular day, I don't have time to make all the decisions. I don't have time to decide when appointments get made. I don't have time to decide what to order for lunch or what we're going to talk about at the staff meeting or whether we need to call a plumber or not because something's wrong with the sink. I don't need to make those decisions. So if I can allow the team to make decisions like that, and give them some guidelines so they know that if they make a decision that I'm going to back them, they will be a stronger team. They will feel more valued, they will feel more powerful, and they will feel a better relationship with me as a leader and with the team overall. Empower your people. Let them make decisions. And if they make a decision that you don't necessarily agree with, you have to back them. If you give them that power to make a decision and they make something that you didn't necessarily think was right, you have to back them. And it's so difficult, especially for somebody that like me that's super opinionated. It's really hard for me not to say something. And sometimes I screw up and I do. But then as a leader, I have to be available to say, hey, I just screwed up there. I should have allowed you to make that decision without my opinion getting involved. And I'm sorry that was on me. Leaders have to admit when they make a mistake. Now, I really think it's important when you're trying to create better communication with your teams is to have meetings. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but I didn't really like meetings all the time. I sometimes think they're a waste of time. There's too much talking. There's too much complaining. However, over the last 20 years, I have learned to really love meetings It's so important to get things out in the open, to talk through issues, to get ideas. Some of the best things that have ever happened for me in my practice have come from somebody else's ideas. I don't always think of the best. So having team meetings, having department meetings, and allowing your team to give their opinions and speak up is what good relationships and team leadership is all about. 
if you have a team that's struggling, if you don't have a good overall flow with your team and you're starting from scratch, there are some things that you can do. Very early on when I first bought my practice, there was no continuity between the employees and the meetings and the ideas. There was no team building. There were no exercises to try to get everybody on the same page. And so if you're starting from scratch, there's a lot of things that you can do. I really love communication games. And we just did one at our staff meeting last week, and it was really fun. I called it reverse Pictionary, but basically what I did was I split everyone into teams of two and we had a white, big white paper on the on the wall that we could draw on. And basically one person had an object on a little a little three by five card and they told the person at the whiteboard how to draw it. And then the person that was drawing it had to guess what it was. So it was kind of like reverse Pictionary. And it was really interesting because it was all about communication and how the person that knew the object explained to the person that was drawing the object how to draw it. So it was things like draw a circle and draw a line next to the circle. And everybody interprets those directions a little bit differently. So it was really fascinating. And my team enjoyed that exercise very much. And so it's something that we're going to continue to do because I think it was great for teamwork and communication, and it was really fun as well. So developing these kind of games for team building, even if at first they seem really cheesy, they will create camaraderie, they will improve relationships, they will allow your team to get to know each other better. And getting to know each other strengthens those bonds and relationships, which is what team building is all about. It also allows, in a very busy practice, people to blow off steam. So I've done things like Easter egg hunts, where I've taken those little plastic Easter eggs, and I've put candy in them, and I've put little notes in them, and I've hidden them all over the hospital. And we've done this a half a dozen of times around Easter time. So for the month of April, let's say we do this Easter egg hunt. So what ends up happening is the team finds the Easter eggs as they're working. So if you find an Easter egg, oftentimes on the little note, it'll tell you to say something nice to the person next to you. And so in order to keep that Easter egg, you have to do the activity that's in the egg. So first of all, it creates this environment of competition. And if you have a really competitive team, sometimes it gets a little ugly because people will be hunting for Easter eggs all the time instead of doing their job. But if they all take it in the spirit that it is meant to be taken in, it's a really fun activity because somebody will be working along and all of a sudden you'll hear somebody say, hey, I found an egg and they'll get really excited. And then when they open it up and it says, take a picture with the person next to you and tell them something good about them or give the person in the exam room with you a compliment. And so it allows them to not only have a little bit of fun, but also create some gratitude with each other. And you can be as creative as you want to be. As you can probably tell, I love making up these games. And so I've done a lot of them over the years with my team. And sometimes they'll look at me and they'll go, oh, another game. But then they really do enjoy it most of the time. Most of them love it. Unless somebody gets a little competitive, then sometimes some people get squashed. So you have to be a little bit careful with that. If you have a team that's very soft 
and doesn't like competition, you have to be careful that the games that you create are not super competitive because your competitive people will squash your non-competitive people. So be careful about that. But it really is fun and it really does create better communication and better relationships. The last tip that I want to share with you about building a strong team is always think of yourself as part of the team. Whatever role you play, you're just a part of the team. There's no job that's beneath you if you're a strong part of a team. And if you demonstrate that to the people that work with you and for you, they will get to know you better and they will know that when things get tough, you're going to have their back. Doesn't mean that a doctor has to do work that's not doctor work. There are members of the team for a reason. I very rarely answer the phone, almost never, because that's the job of my receptionist. I very rarely do any kind of x-rays or blood work. I don't even think I could run the blood machine. But the idea is, is that I'm not above it. It's not always the best use of a doctor's time to do work that's not a doctor's. But if your team's running around like chickens with their head cut off and you are not busy, then you better darn well help them draw blood or help them do a nail trim or clean up the table or whatever it is that needs to be done. It goes back to treating your people the way you want to be treated and the way a family treats each other. And if you think of the relationship of a family, it's not always good, right? It's not always smooth. But because you know each other so well, if someone's having a bad day or they do something stupid or something that hurts your feelings, it's so much easier if you have a strong relationship to just go to that person and clear the air. Talk about it. Do a little bit of conflict resolution. Apologize if you are in the wrong and then move on. And that creates a stronger bond. Rather than talking behind backs and gossiping and all the things that oftentimes happen. And because we're humans, we have a tendency to do that, right? We don't like confrontation. We don't like confronting people about things that bother us. And so we avoid it. And that's the worst thing that we can do. We need to treat our people like we're all on the same team. And that creates strength and relationship. So... Going back to relationships or thoughts, check your thoughts. What do you think about your team? If you're thinking negative things about them, you are going to behave negatively. If you're thinking positive things about them, then things are going to get better. It all comes back to you, right? Team leadership is all about you. Getting to know yourself, getting to know your people, controlling your thoughts, controlling your actions, to love your team, embrace their talents, and create a safe space for them to work. We spend more time at work oftentimes than we do with our families. And so if you don't have good relationships with these people you work with, your life is just not going to be as good. And when the relationships are strong, then you have each other's backs. So I want to wrap up with this quote from John Maxwell, and it comes from the 17 Indisputable Laws of Teamwork. And John says, winning teams have players who put the good of the team ahead of themselves. They want to play in their area of strength, but they're willing to do what it takes to take care of the team. They're willing to sacrifice their role for the greater goal. If you're someone 
that puts the good of the team ahead of yourself, then you are well on your way to being a strong team leader. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I really appreciate your attention. I hope that some of the things we talked about today will help you in your practice. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. I'd really appreciate that. If you need coaching or would like one-on-one coaching, you can go to my website and sign up for a free coaching session there. Life coaching is amazing. It will change your life. So open yourself up to self-improvement this week. Be a strong team player. Think about the people around you that you're working with. Have a beautiful, productive week. Bye.